Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Welcome back to the Star and Five podcast. I'm not the one P Shark. I am the ref in training because apparently anybody can be a referee nowadays. It's your man, the big man, at Tav Shakir. What it do, Grizz Nation? What up, guys? What's <laughs> good? Partying like it's 2013 on Dylan Brooks Island. This shit got Trev. I'll let you know why we partying like it's 2013. And from there, I'll let you guys know why it's time to it's time to be real about some folks. It's time to, you know, it's it's time to be real and, and call it like it is, which is what we're known for in this podcast. I may underscore Scott Lee on Twitter. But one thing we're known for to do is first is to give a, a huge praise, huge shout out, huge flowers, whatever you want to say. to our guy John Morant winning most improved player of the year this year. The news just broke, so we're probably one of the first podcasts on, you know, from Memphis to do that. Thanks for rocking with us. Uh, how mm-hmm. y'all feel about that? Um, excited for him. Excited for him in terms of that's nothing but good news. That's good news coming out of um, a team that we all grew up to watch. It's a team that we're all currently rooting for now. It's a team that no matter how well or good they play, it's, you know, it's news coming from the organization. And so for John Morant to be named um, as most improved player of the year, um, not even sure. I think that's something that we all were um maybe speculating or maybe suggesting or hoping for it, maybe that he did. But in my opinion, and then I think in most of our opinion on this podcast, he is really more than deserving of this, of the most improved player. There was discussions at times where he played like the most valuable player or at least deserved to be in that conversation. Uh, but at the end of the day, kudos to him, shouts to him for the work that he put in um, in the offseason, shouts to the work that he put in uh, with this team to give them the belief that they had a chance to win it, every single game um, that the ball was rolled out for um, in the regular season. And we're now in the playoffs. And so they're on the brink of um, of advancing to, to the next round due to his abilities and his talent. So I'm happy for him. Yeah, back in 2013, former NBA player, former Grizzly, Marcus Gasol, won Defensive Player of the Year. And, of course, that year there was a lot of debate whether or not that trophy should have been Tony Allen's. And a lot of people can make the case that it should have been Tony Allen's. I am happy that Ja won this award, but I'm still a little indifferent at the same time because that's Desmond Bain's trophy. 
I'm I'm sorry. It, it's it's Desmond Bain's show. I get it. Ja took the next step in the superstardom. His average went up from 19, just short of 20, to a little bit over 27 a game. That's MVP type stuff. Like in the words of Joe, you should put him in the MVP conversation. You cowards. Like he should have been a finalist for MVP, but we get why not. So, but in the end, um, like I said last week when we were doing our predictions, this is the NBA's way of giving Memphis something. Like Memphis has to get something. You can't a team that was in the projected to be in the planet to ranked in the second best overall team in the NBA. Memphis has to come away with some hard work. And um, kudos to John for all the work he's put in in the offseason and everything. Um, like I said, I'm happy for him, but that's Desmond Bain's trophy. I'm sorry. Because I think Josh is in the MVP conversation. But I think yeah, the, kudos. Uh, Go ahead. I think the, right. on, the only pushback would be that statistically speaking and number-wise, um, second-year players don't win that award as much as we would love to see it. And we kind of saw a Grizzly get robbed of that trophy last year uh, with Kyle Anderson. You know, I was on that train where due to his numbers and, you know, him being more comfortable in the Grizz rotation, he arguably could have won that trophy. Um, but I think when you look at John Morant's numbers as well, like he's a first-time All-Star, uh, he's went from 19 points a game to 27 points a game, you know, averaging a career high rebounds and field goals. And not to mention, you know, he was number one in scoring in the paint. So you got to give that kind of, you know, some credit. Um, I think if he would have played more this game, I'm well, not more this game, more this season, we'd be talking about how he could be winning MVP. Um, but you are, you are right for sure. Like they have to do, they do have to give the Grizzlies something. Um, John Moran well deserved this one. Um, and I'm hoping that we get the coach of the year as well because taylor jenkins he did a hell of a job with this team as well but a uh, huge shout out to john morant um so now let's get into the negative of game three and game four um y'all know how i feel about it ref and training apparently anybody can be a ref any day so i'm literally i'm training right now to do it but what's your reaction on game three and four yeah uh, reaction for me is the NBA's ability or the league office's ability to have various players, coaches um, call NBA officials out and them not speak a word on it. Right. And I, I, I get it from the perspective of like, you know, the refs are employed by the NBA. And so they aren't going to come out and say, um, you know, hey, like, yeah, we understand that officiating could be better. I get it from that perspective. But because it's been so bad, it's been so bad for so long throughout all of these games, not even just in this Minnesota and Memphis Grizzlies game, but it's been bad throughout the entire playoffs. And so I would just kind of wish they would say something, right? Like, I, even, like, look at, listening to debate shows, like, people talked about, talked about how, you know, Memphis – Technically, should be down 31, and John Morant's not playing well, and Jaron Jackson Jr. is not playing well. This, then, the third. But again, nobody from any of these sports debate shows that I've watched talked about how bad the refing is, which, in my opinion, just comes from the fact that I believe they want to keep that on hush as much as they want to. Um, but it's it's so hard to gloss over. It's hard to not talk about the free throw disparity. It's it's hard to it's it's hard to not talk about. Um, how teams that are um, down 3-0 or teams that are up 2-1, 
how somehow, some way in games four of this first round playoffs, that the team that was down by, you know, two or three games in the series, somehow, some way averaged 35, 40 free throws. You look at the Timberwolves, if you look at the Pelicans, if you look at, um, I think the, the, that was an instance like that in the Hawks in the and my heat game. Like, it's absolutely crazy how this officiating has been that bad um, and nobody utters a single word about it. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, you roll with the punches and, you know, you know, excuses can be made for everybody and we don't live by excuses on this podcast. But at the end of the day, Grizzlies have to play better. And so I'm pretty sure we'll get to that later here in the podcast. But the officiating has been absolutely terrible. Um, Trevor, uh, not Trevor, too. I'm pretty sure you could be your ref. All you have to do is apply and they'll probably roll you out some benefits day one because they need that much help. So no, I'm in, bro. I'm, I'm in training. I'm in training. I'm in. Like, I'm, I'm, <laughs> you know, one, one page application. It was a couple of questions. You know, what I'm, saying? I'm in. <laughs> right. I got you. Yeah. So I, I do. I do hope, pray, cross my fingers, hope to God, um, you know, pray to whoever you want to pray for or pray to that the officiating is better, not only in this series, um, but throughout the rest of the playoffs. Because at the end of the day, like as true NBA fans that we all are, we want to see a good game called. Uh, we don't expect, or at least I don't expect refs to be perfect. I expect you to make, if you're going to call a call on one end, then to call it on the other end, and they aren't doing it. They aren't being consistent. Yeah. To Taylor Jenkins is fine after his comments for game four. I saw this quote on Twitter, which was 100% true. If the fine is less than $20,000, then it means the person making the comment was actually right. And to Skylar's point, this the officiating for this entire playoffs has been abysmal. And I, I saw it from the get-go in game four. Um, there's no coincidence there are four best players just so happen to have two to three fouls within minutes of the, of game four, which is, good, like I said, r- ridiculous. So, I mean, something needs to be done. I hope something done, but I don't think much is going to be done. And for those that's chalking that up to home cooking, yeah, you kind of expect that, but the bad officiate is just so blatantly obvious. It's like, why not even why even take the court at this point? Um, it, it's again, we get, you're gonna get there's gonna be some form of home cooking. But to Scott's point, if you're gonna call one, if you're gonna call one thing on one end, make sure you call on the other end. Jaron Jackson fouled out of game four. Two of the fouls that were called on Jaron Jackson Jr. was because Carl Anthony Towns was out of control. Those shouldn't have been fouls on Jaron Jackson Jr. Brandon Clark got smacked in the head late in the fourth quarter by Patrick Beverly on a fast break, and it wasn't called. Playing game started on Dylan Brooks with the goal team to, uh, to start game four, plus him being fouled, which was not called and was called a travel instead. It, it's just – and again, it's not even just with this series, it's all across the NBA. And I think it happened in the Jazz and Maverick series as well. I think the Jazz, the T Wolves, and I can't think of the third team all shot four free throws. And that's just, and the fact that no one is even saying anything about that is just ridiculous at this point. But I'm not going to make excuses for the Grizzlies. We're going to get to it later about what the Grizzlies need to do, what adjustments need to be made because. If we really want to be honest, the Grizz should be up 3-1 right now. And for them not to be up 3-1, for this to be a pivotal game five tomorrow um, says something um, about them and how not well uh, the team has been playing as a unit. So, But we'll see. 
I mean, my thing is, it will it will sucks for this to be our last episode. Well, I guess we're going to do some episodes for, for sure, but the last episode of this season is because of officiating. You know, the NBA. This is this is the the National Basketball Association. This is the NBA playoffs. This is when everybody's watching, and you're subjecting fans in 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 the arena and off the arena watching TV wherever they're watching to just watch basketball where there's no physicality like there's literally we, we hear the old heads and the ogs talk about how you know the game isn't physical nowadays and i mean it's nothing that the players now can do but we're getting a glimpse at it now because of the referees and how terrible the refs have been uh, have been this postseason like 40 free throws you're literally dictating who wins the game at this point so i hopefully there is something the nba could do hopefully a letter can be sent or something but for these to be the best refs that we can possibly get from the NBA to be officiating like this is kind of embarrassing. The NBA should kind of should, should ain't no kind of the NBA should be embarrassed about what's going on right now in the playoffs. This is when everybody's watching and let us let us let us let the boys play. Let us have some fun watching basketball. They're That's not embarrassed. They're not embarrassed. Them extra games bringing extra revenue. That's all. I mean, I, I, I mean, I get it. Extra games bring <laughs> extra revenue. The longer the game, the longer you know, the more money they get with revenue. I get it. Maybe that is the case. I'm not saying it is, but I'm not saying it ain't either. But what I'm saying is if the NBA is going to be able to provide a product that people can watch without, you know, and we get it. It's the playoffs. Refs going to make a mistake every now and then. But the entire game, an entire series, it's out of control at this point. So hopefully the Grizz can 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 win it next two. We can definitely get into to what we think will happen. What's up, Charles? Now that I think about it, I see why they did it. Because every series – if everything is called fairly, let's just call it, keep it 100. Every series was either going to be a sweep or a gentleman sweep. Agreed. I, I, I every, every, every first round series, either whoever was up was going to win in five or they were going to sweep. And I think the NBA so, saw that after game too. Like the fact that we still lost by one after all that BS was, was after game four. Those are like, just, just let us play. Let's go ahead and win so we can advance to the next round healthy. Yeah, and for those that think that we just on this podcast just to make excuses for the Grizzlies or making excuses oh, no. for, for other players like or for other teams, Tim Donahue, who if you're a basketball fan, you know who Tim Donahue is. He's recently done a podcast where he discussed exactly what we just said. Tim Donahue is a former NBA ref that literally confirmed exactly what we just said, where there are games where official or NBA officials or NBA, the NBA will send – um, people, you know, other refs to say, hey, we should probably take a look, a, a much deeper dive into this um, and maybe call more fouls if the series is 2-1, if the series is 3-0, and it could, it could potentially be a sweep or a gentleman sweep. Like, we're not just, like, coming out the customer saying, like, this is a legit thing. So I, I really hope people get a chance to go take a listen to their podcast and hear exactly what he had to say. Interesting. Definitely go do that, y'all. So, what's what's y'all series predictions? I call games. I call six games, hoping the Grizz can do what what's supposed to have been done in two games ago. <laughs> in, in two games, how y'all feel? Um, you know, well, you know, let's let's act like we all know what's going on here. So, I'm just gonna call it Grizz in seven. Um, I think the Grizzlies will um, take game five. I'll be in attendance for game five on tomorrow, so that should be litty. I'm expecting the forum to be as raucous as it was on last week. Um, but I think, you know, the, over the next two games, the, the Grizzlies and the Timberwolves will split. Now, I will also say I'm very 
I could also see a scenario in which the Grizzlies take game six and end it in six, but you know, the NBA wants to make their money. They want to do all that they can to recoup or uh, or regain the after the, the revenue that was lost in, during COVID and things like that. So um, I think it'll go seven because the league wants it to go seven. I call six. I'm going to keep it at six. I think Grizzlies take care of business tomorrow night. I don't think the, the Grizzlies are going to let this get back to Memphis for the game seven. I think. They're upset now because they can't forget no course situation with the rest. So they're gonna come out guns blazing in game five. They're gonna make sure to take care of business in game five. Um, and I think we're gonna get the job that we've been looking for finally. If we don't get it close, if we don't get a glimpse of it or at least a good portion of it in game five, you're damn sure gonna get it in game six. So I, I expect the Grizz to close this out in six. Take care of business and uh, prepare for the next round. I expect that as well. Um, lineup changes. Of course, we've seen Coach Jenkins, you know, t- kind of tinker with the lineups. How y'all feel about the lineup changes? Y'all think Tillman going to start uh, tomorrow? Or, you know, Adams, who I still think should start, and you don't have to finish him. But, or, you know, he even went with Clark. So, well, who y'all think starting? Um, I think some variation of – Going back and forth between Brandon Clark um, and Cal Anderson, I'm not opposed to either one. Um, I'm still not a big fan of – you can play Steven Adams um, in this series. I just wouldn't give him much minutes just because not only can he, like, not guard Carl Anthony Towns, but he can't guard anybody on the, on the Timberwolves because if you go back to game one, like, they were picking at him, picking on him religiously over and over and over and that's why I, that's why i think the timberwolves were kind of able to um to win game one just because the Grizzlies weren't able to get stops and they weren't able to get stops because there was a lot of time that stephen adams was on the floor now you could also say that um you know grizzlies in the sense didn't play well with cal Anderson starting i think that was game three i think and xavier tillman didn't necessarily perform well in game four but again going back into the free throw discrepancy like it's been absolutely crazy um players have been called for ticky tech fouls and you know we you you would hope that as you get into the playoffs that what they would normally call a foul is not a foul and you know they would at least call it on both ends and so i just think to what trevor said like there's been some form of home cooking for the timberwolves over the past two games so i still think uh taylor jenkins believes in what his lineup um i believe i think he believes in the lineup he's put out there um I think he believes that what he's doing is working, um, which is why he's called out the, the officials um, uh, over the past game. So uh, we'll see. Um, I, I'm just for whatever lineup gets us a dub. I really could care less who that who that lineup is. I just hope that you know somebody in some form or fashion can do a better job of Carl Anthony Towns because in, in you know in my opinion he's outperforming Jaron Jackson Jr. For whatever reason you want to say that you know Jaron Jackson Jr. isn't giving. Getting, giving a fair shot to at least come back at Carl Anthony Towns, he's not. Carl Anthony Towns has two games where he scored at least two thirty points. In my opinion, those are the games that you lost. Find a way to limit Carl Anthony Towns' uh, field goal percentage, his productivity, and him being able to go to the free throw line. Kyle Anderson or Xavier Tillman would do that for you. Exactly, Mundo. Um, but the line of Lineup changes have worked wonders. Um, I think for the first couple of games, Kyle Anderson did do a pretty decent job on Carl Anthony Towns, kind of limiting him. But to Skyler's point, he does in the two wins that Minnesota has, he's went for well over 30. 
Um, you can play Steven Adams in this series, but to what I've been saying for the past two weeks, Minnesota just plays five out. So there's like nowhere like Steven Adams is gonna be on the island regardless. They're just gonna run pick and roll with whoever he's guarding, and then it's an isolation with the guard or whoever, or Carl Anthony Towns for that matter, on Steven Adams on the perimeter. And Steven Adams guarding on the perimeter, that's a huge uh no no on our end. So uh, as far as the lineups is concerned, yeah, that's that's great. I would like to see a little more. I was just about to say that, Trev. I was, um, I was just about to say that. Anthony Melton has given us nothing in this series. And as I say this, he may come out in game five and just have a big game because we always talk about how role players play their best ball when they're at home. So I wouldn't be surprised if Anthony Melton has a great game where he's like, Shooting the lifestyle, he has about between 15 and 20 points for the Grizz. But until then, I would look to see what John Conchar can give you on um, with a little bit of uh, DeAnthony Melton's minutes. Uh, we'll get to Triple J in a sec, I believe, and uh, what he needs to do as well because he has been outplayed by Carl Anthony Towns. So I agree 100% wholeheartedly there. Um, but any lineup that gives us the dub, of course, is going to be great. Uh, but I think what's worked for Memphis is start, starting Tillman actually worked in game four. Uh, he just picked up two quick fouls and ended up having to go to the bench. And then Taylor Jenkins had to go immediately with Brandon Clark. So I will stick with that um, just to see what's up. Or if you want to go back to a starting Kyle Anderson, you can. Either one of those guys will actually do wonders for you. So there you go. And it's funny that you actually brought that up. We actually had a, a Dreas question for the week um, from Bad News Boya. Hopefully I said that right. Oh, I Shout forgot it, but yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, you good, you good. No, we, can definitely, uh, we can definitely answer with me and Lito. Um, is the Anthony Melton has been struggling mightily this series, which he has been. Is it time to see – is it about time we see John Carter get some minutes? Trev, you definitely just took all the words right out of my mouth. I Hopefully hopefully, I like to see it sooner than later. Uh, John Carter is one of those energy players, just like Tillman, who can change the effect of at least a game with his effort, um, especially with his three-point shooting. But I just remember that game he had with like 14, 15 rebounds. And I think if it gets to it, that can be that energy that we can use. Um, and, and hopefully we can get to see John, uh, Big John on the, on, the, on the court soon. Yeah, and I, I think I, I, if I'm Taylor Jenkins, I still try to give DeAnthony Melton some type of run. But in my opinion, he's on a quick leash, and I do mean a quick leash. Just because exactly. you've seen, if he continues, if he continues to be bad in Game Five, then at that point, you know, Ingress is bliss, and so you might as well just like, hey, I gotta try something different just for the sake of it. So you let John Car, let John Carter see what you see, what you have in John Carter. In my opinion, he typically plays well at home because memphis grizzlies fans love him and so he kind of feeds off that so maybe if you put the anthony Melton on a quick leash um in game five because you're at home but then maybe you give him a little bit more run game in game six because at the end of the day granted we know the anthony Melton does not perform in the playoffs yes we see that but lord when he plays well when he's on he's on and he typically leads the grizzlies to a win if if a starter struggles or something like that, if Desmond Bain struggles, because I think as well as Desmond Bain has played, he's kind of due. That's the law of averages. He's due for a bad game. So you got to find some way to replace that as well. So I'm cool with the John Car- John Carter. Yeah, if, if there's any game, just to kind of defend Anthony Melton, if there's any game where he's due for a good one, it's the one tomorrow night. 
it, it, it's a perfect scenario for him uh, to have. And to Skyler's point, Desmond Bain is going to have a bad game. Like, he's played extremely well this series. It's, like you said, law of averages. He's due for a bad game, so who's going to pick up that slack for him? And I think, it'd be, it, I think it is the Anthony Melton. But, again, quick leash. If he's not giving you uh, anything or if he's giving you more of the same, just see what you can get with John Conchar. Agreed, agreed. And then one thing about um, just players stepping up is Jaron. I know we can talk briefly about him. We can talk all day about Jaron. But currently he's averaging just 10 points a game, um, six rebounds, three blocks still doing his thing. But, of course, he just can't stay on the court. So, I mean, what's y'all opinion on Jaron? And, you know, what's if he can stay on the court, what difference can he make for the rest of the series? Jaron Jackson Jr., the Grizzlies, if the Grizzlies are going to win this series, that must mean that he has turned around his ability to stay out of foul trouble and stay on the court. Playing it simple. Well, there's one more huge factor, and the other huge factor is John Morant playing well, too. At the end of the day, if John Morant is the John Morant of the regular season, the Grizzlies move on, and there's no questions to be asked, and they probably finish it in six. Um, but the other caveat to that is, you know, Jaron Jackson Jr. has to play better. He has to play well. Yes, he has not been on the right side of a lot of foul calls. I, I agree with that. But at the end of the day, adjustments must be made. Um, and so he has to do whatever he can do to stay out of foul trouble, to stay away from the ticky-tack fouls, stay away from the offensive fouls that sometimes are, are offensive fouls, or he's just it's just him battling for position to get a rebound. He has to be able to kind of stay out of foul trouble and stay on the court. If he can do that, if John Moran can play, can play better because he's not played well, and you know, there's some speculation out there that he's hurt. I get it. But if we're gonna, if, if I'm gonna call out Zach Levine um, and his ability to not perform well for the Chicago Bulls when he's hurt, I have to be, I have to be the same and do the exact same thing for John Morant. I get it. You're, you're, you're not healthy at this point. Honestly, nobody's healthy. So it's a matter of, you know, that that will. It's that thing that Draymond talked about. Um, Draymond Green talked about is, you know, it's one thing to be in a regular season. It's one thing to put up with one thing to put up those stats up in the regular season. But can you do it in the playoffs? And in the regular season, we saw and we and we applauded John, Jaron Jackson Jr. for his ability to stay out of foul trouble, to lead the league in blocks, to be a potential defensive player of the year. That was all fine and dandy. But now it's the postseason. And right now, he isn't holding up his end of the bargain um, by guarding Carl Anthony Towns and doing whatever he needs to do to rebound and stay on the floor and help the Grizzlies defensively. That's the issue. That's the problem. Hopefully, he can come back from it. Jaron has to give you something on the offensive end. I, I... It's no evidence that he has to stay out of foul trouble. He has to stay on the floor. But when he is on the floor, on the offensive end, he has to give you something. And it's been time and time again, I don't know if this is part of the sets that the Grizzlies run or if this is just him just deciding to sit at the three-point line. You have to find a way to get some easy baskets, man. There was literally one possession, and I think it led to a turnover from him, now that I think about this, he had, I believe he had D'Angelo Russell on him on the switch. And then eventually the, uh, Anthony Edwards switched onto him. You're close to seven feet. There is no way you should not be on the low block asking for that pass. Now, if there's an offensive foul there, I will, I live with that because it's like, okay, at least we made an attempt to throw the ball down to him and he made a nice move to the basket to get an easy basket. And it just didn't go our way. But if you're going to just sit at the three point line and chunk up threes then, and you're basically just playing into the defense's hands. Now, granted, he had he, he is capable of knocking them down, but I'm just going to be honest. He's 
his percentage has dipped this uh this season in this regular season. So yeah, you got to find a way to get some easier baskets on top of the obvious, which is staying on the floor, stay staying out of foul trouble. Like he has to give you something on the offensive end, like just something. Like this, this ten points is not gonna get it. I couldn't agree more, bro. At law of averages, he's gonna do that in the next game, game five, back in the MEM, Lito. Make sure you cheer for the both of us while you're there, bro. But uh, you know, I'm still a ref in training, so make sure y'all follow me at Tev Shakir. I will let y'all know um how my application and how you know my interview process. I'm pretty sure they're gonna have me on the court real soon because like I said, anybody can be a ref nowadays. Uh, hey, sure I wonder if they'll get you on for game seven. I don't know. Man. I'm trying to get on game six. You know what I'm saying? But we're we going to see. I'll keep y'all posted. Again, make sure y'all follow me at Tev Shakir. Follow the pod at, at Star and Five, the number five MEM, gentlemen. All right, come on, mute. Uh, I'm at underscore Scott Lee on Twitter. I'll be there for game five. Y'all cheer me on. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Cheer I'm me on. You acting like you want to quit. You might as well. You might as well. Uh, but you know, at underscore Scott Lee on Twitter, I'll be. I'll be at the game tomorrow. I'll be excited. Yeah, I'm at the yard of Trevor. You guys know of's a preposition, but my question to those out there, do you guys still want to trade Dylan Brooks? Cause let, let's let, let's talk about that next episode. If this is the last episode. <laughs> and of course, make sure y'all follow Grizzly Bear Blues at SBN. Grizzly's the dopest grid content you will find on the net. Until then, hopefully this ain't the last episode, y'all. Peace. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, Just go to cars.com. It's magical.